This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Scott Arfield, he's been threatening that recently, and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next goal, it's Rory now, he's on the outside, he's on oh, he's got it, Ashley Barnes with it, what a cross from Rory, and there was Ashley Barnes, and Burnley leading the Derby. Obviously quickly, finds Benson, in space at the byline, Yes, hello everybody and welcome along back to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Evan, head of Everton's visit to Turf Moor this weekend, Saturday, 5.30 kickoff. I wasn't even aware that it was a different kickoff until about Tuesday, so please double check that uh, if you've got any plans that like you're meeting some mates at the pub at one, because you probably won't get on if, you, if you're meeting the mates at the pub at one, uh, if you're out drinking all that afternoon. But it is a later kickoff, not the evening one. Uh, there is an evening one on Saturday, it's 5.30 must be on TV then, I presume, if that's the case. Um, but yeah, wasn't aware of that. But as you can see, you might recognise him from earlier in the season. It's Ellis and he's from the Toffee Blues. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? 
Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. Uh, just before we get started, I just want to remind you all that the Turfcast Podcast pregame show is sponsored by Green King Sport. As we hit December, it is the season for festive football. So what will be the best way to watch it on TV? Down at your local Green King Sports pub, of course. After all, it's Christmas and it, that is a time to catch up with friends, old and new. So get the team to your local for some refreshing pints, delicious food and live action of every single Christmas cracker. So every fixture from TNT, Sky and Amazon is live at Green King Sport. That means wall-to-wall action on their huge HD screens. Head to your local Green King and watch Everett winning goal, top bins volley and dodge it VR decision in an atmosphere worth sharing. And please remember to download the Green King Sport app and you'll receive 10% off drinks every single time there is sport on the telly. So Ellis, last time we spoke was just before obviously the Carabao Cup game, uh, which we won't mention um, any more than that. Um, but I seem to remember at the time, you'd had a poor start to the season, obviously losing at home to teams like Fulham, which looking at that now isn't that big of a deal. Uh, Wolves as well, I think. Again, probably not that big of a deal. But Luton was the one that really stood out and a lot of fans were shouting for die shout and stuff. I think you were quite more level-headed about it because you had, at the point of the Carabao Cup game, seen slight improvements in the game. Obviously, now you're literally Real Madrid and you're winning every single week. So what's changed between those earlier defeats and now that? Why are you suddenly so much better than what you were earlier in the season? Well, I think there's a lot of things that people say was the cause for the change, and I think they're often wrong. Um, the 10-point deduction is not the sole reason why we're suddenly quite good at football now. This has been coming, and you've always said as well with Sean Dyche, it does take time, and when it does click, you do have a really functional side then, and that's what we're seeing. I've always thought from the start of the season, the performances have been there on the whole. Of course, there were some blips, like the Aston Villa game, we got beat 4-0 away to them. We lost to Luton at home, was disappointing, but... There's a lot of games where we actually had majority of the chances. We should have won two or three nil and ended up getting beat by one odd goal in the second half. So I felt like the performances were there and there was a basis to our performance to in the hope that we would then come good. You don't you don't tend to defy the stats for that long. It tends to even out in the end. And we've really sorted it out, especially away from home. We've been brilliant on the road. I've not seen Everton win many games away from home in my lifetime, really. It's always been a bit of a sticking point for Blues. We tend to win one or two in a year, maybe, or especially the ones that I go to. I might see us win once on the road, but now we've really sorted that and we've seen some amazing away days. And then they've gone and rectified it at home recently as well. Two massive victories against Newcastle and Chelsea in one week and obviously Forest away as well. So Everton's quite a different prospect now to when we played you in the Cup. Yeah, I mean, when you played us in the Cup, my main excuse, other than the fact that you were better than us, is we did play a mixture of, of first-teamers and um, mainly fringe players, uh, whereas you pretty much went full strength, uh, give or take a couple of players. I think I think Dyche really wanted to send a message, uh, if I'm honest, uh, with, with that team selection. Uh, but it was a comfortable win, one that you pretty much deserved. Uh, since then, you've drawn at home to Brighton, um, won away at Palace 3-2. Uh, then there was the Man United defeat, um, which I remember thinking at the time, um, I thought you were obviously because that was the game straight after the points deduction. I think pretty much everybody involved in football is like Everton will win that. Goodison will be an absolute, you know, intense atmosphere. It, it was an early goal, if I remember rightly, and that knocked all the stuffing out of it. And I think it was the overhead kick from Garnacho uh, that, that was the early goal as well. Um, so I can understand why that proper knocked it out of you. But since then, as you've said, you've won away at Forest, uh, which was the second away game in a, in a row that you've won. 
absolutely spanked Newcastle, which obviously I'm aware of the tension between the two clubs. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure you've enjoyed that one. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then beat Chelsea at home as well. So like you said, you've got the two home games in there as well where you have. Um, so yeah, it, it's been good. So obviously the points deduction, let's get on to that. Um, obviously, I don't want to go too much too much into it, like whether it's right or wrong. The Premier League's corrupt and all that stuff. Um, but you must be delighted at the fact that you know you, you've you've pretty much wiped it out already. Yeah, I think that was like obviously damning when you get that ten points. It just seemed so excessive, just way more than you would expect, really. For it, I suppose the punishment didn't seem to really fit the crime, and we still have no idea what's going to happen with that. The appeal's ongoing, and I don't think it's good for any Premier League club. Really, you look at you guys. You're now looking, thinking, are Everton going to be given four points back? Are they going to be given none back? No one knows. That really affects the integrity of the league, I think. But we've managed it really well. I think you know Sean Dyche well, don't you? You know that he is very straight straight talking and he acts like there's nothing wrong at any point and he's always level-headed. And that has really helped the players because they've yeah. now managed to just deal with it and not be massively affected by it. At that Man United game, when we got beat 3-0, I was thinking, oh, is this really going to put a load of pressure on the players because at the end of the day, they're humans, aren't they? And to have that, to be hit by 10 points, that's three of your wins and a draw just wiped out like that. It must be really tough on the players, but they've managed it well and it's almost like it didn't happen now. Players are playing with freedom. They're playing with confidence as well. And we've pretty much earned back the points that we've obviously lost. And we're now trying to look up the table. Obviously, we've now got a four-point gap between the relegation zone and we're hoping to extend that. We want to go eight points clear of you guys, seven points clear of Luton if we win on Saturday. So that would really draw a line in the sand from this points deduction. And then if you get a few more back, it might more be a case then of how high up mid-table you are rather than whether we stay up or not. Yeah, I'll be honest. I do think that is the case. I think I said at the time, uh, as, as soon as you guys uh, had the points deduction, a tweet that absolutely popped off from a personal account. And I was fuming. I was like, oh, I should have put it on my Turfcast account. Um, I basically said they won't go down because they're too good compared to the three promoted sides. And I stand by that. The fact that you're already four points outside the relegation zone um, just shows how good you have been since then and would be, like you said, 10th. I think you might have said that on the show that we did on your channel earlier. You would be 10th if it wasn't for the point deduction. So that's above the likes of Fulham, Brentford, Chelsea, Wolves, Bournemouth, Palace, Forest, and of course, uh, the three in the relegation zone. So it's it's one of them where I just feel like you were never really going down. So with that and with what you've just said about potentially drawing a line in the sand if you get this win, because you, you can probably write off any danger of relegation with a win at Turf Moor. What are your thoughts on the season? Like, what do you think you can achieve? Is it just a case of hoping to consolidate that because of what's gone on this season, and then look into next season? Or are you still thinking, "Oh, I'll done a second year. We we could get top ten. That that should be the aim." I don't think the aim can be top ten when we've had the ten points deducted. That's the fact that we're in tenth without the deduction is great to see in itself. That would be yeah. a success. Yeah. If, say this was what was actually happening in the season. If we came 10th this year, it'd be a, a massive achievement based on what Daich had to do last season to keep us in the league. So I think the expectations in the league are a bit blurred at the moment. People don't really know how many points we're going to get back. And I think if we're stable in the league and more than safe by, say, April time, March time, maybe if we're just in a position where we don't feel like we're going to be part of that, then that will be good enough for us. And the big thing for us now is we're still in the Carabao Cup, of course, after beating you guys. Sorry to mention that, but we've got a massive cup quarterfinal on Tuesday after playing you. So that's something to think about for, for Burnley fans as well. We've got one eye on that potentially as well. Yeah. But it's a massive game for us and Everton fans 
we're desperate for a trophy. So I think this season, if we stay in the league with our 10-point deduction and can somehow just get into a cup final and somehow get our hands on some silverware, I think that's where the dream will be, I suppose. But, you know, first priority will be going and trying to beat Burnley and just completely ridding ourselves of any relegation fears. So it's going to be a massively difficult game on Saturday and then we have to play on the Tuesday. So there's not much time to recover. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. If Everton go on to win a cup now, after the way Sean Dyche trek cup competitions at Turf Moor, I will be fuming. I've got nothing against Everton, never had done. If anything, probably had a bit of a soft spot for him growing up due to this weird hatred I had for Liverpool um, when, when I met a Tranmere fan at university. Weird, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I'll be honest, Like I, I was indifferent about Liverpool, weren't really arsed. I remember when they won the Champions League final in 2005, I actually wanted them to win it, and I was like, what a story, that is amazing. But then I went to university and met a lad who was a Tranmere fan, and he just spent three years telling me how how much he hates Liverpool. By the time I left I left uni three years later, I hated Liverpool as well. And, and, it, and it's been the same ever since. So I've kind of like always wanted Everton to do well, better than Liverpool because of that. Anyway, uh, bizarre. Uh, but like I said, if Everton go on to win a cup with Sean Dice as manager, after after losing to Port Vale, Aki Stanley, Burton, Lincoln in his time at Turf Moor, because he hated the Cups, because he hated the Cup, that one will be like, Sean, come on, mate. You're taking the piss now. Um, but let's focus back on, obviously, Saturday. Um, quite a few suspensions and now injuries. We, we are recording this on Thursday at around 2 o'clock, which means, unfortunately, I'm missing Vincent Company's press conference. But Sean Dyche's press conference is on at the same time. And he has just said in his press conference um, that Seamus Coleman is out and Ashley Young is out. They are both injured, I believe, and that's on top of the... Um, Idris Garner-Gay suspension and Jared Branthwaite suspension. How? What are your thoughts on that? Because that's four players. I think obviously Coleman's been out for a while, but probably would be starting if he wasn't out. He came back against whoever you played at the weekend and then went off um, Chelsea and then went off. Um, and now he's obviously out again. But Young, uh, Garner-Gay, and Branthwaite have been starting pretty much every game, haven't they? So does this make you considerably weaker or just a little bit? I'd say it's definitely a dent in the confidence. I think a few Evertonians will be looking at that, thinking, how can we deal with this losing key players? But we lost key players in earlier games in a couple of weeks ago. James Garner and Amadou Onana were both out for the Newcastle game, and we still did that. And that was our that's our two midfielders who always play there every week, and they're our, our first choice. They're back now, but we're now without Idrissa Gay, who's been really good, really, really good. But... These players that are injured, a lot of them are the older, experienced players. So on the yeah. one hand, it's like, well, they're not our, f- our first-team ideal players, some of them, but they obviously offer a lot in experience. Seamus Coleman, when he came back, he was absolutely brilliant. And we know how much he offers us. Having your captain in the side is important in itself. Ashley Young's had some really good games recently as well. He'd struggled at times this season. So a lot of fans wanted Patterson to come in anyway, but... Ashley Young not being in the squad at all, it means you're very light at right-back now because if Patterson does get injured in this game, you then resort into a centre-back at right-back. So that's a difficult one for us. Bramthwaite being out is massive. Obviously, he accumulated too many yellow cards. So it is one game, but it'll be a big miss. He's been crucial to us this season. And I imagine all Pep and Chelsea and Newcastle all have their eyes on him. And hopefully we can keep hold of him this season because we need him. But James Tarkovsky is still there and he is as you guys know, an incredible defender. Probably going to be partnered with Michael Keane for this one, so that'll be interesting to see because, obviously, once you've created that trusted partnership, to then break it up is a bit concerning, but we'll see how that one goes. And 
I'm still feeling confident that we can put out a strong team, but the lack of depth at fullback on the bench will be quite worrying. Let's talk about Michael Keane then, because he's one that isn't really well thought of by Evertonians. Uh, I find it a bit bizarre that he hasn't come good now on the dice, um, because I think when he first signed, um, he was signed by Marco Silva, and I can kind of understand why he wasn't very good in, in a team that couldn't defend, because Marco Silva just doesn't really focus on defence. Um, but now he's back with Daesh. I thought he would have got better. And I know that when Daesh went to Everton, there was a lot of noise about him starting Keane. So I think he was starting Keane quite a lot. And a lot of Evertonians don't like Keane and were getting annoyed with him. Then he kept making mistakes and then eventually dropped him for, I think, Branthwaite. And then obviously Branthwaite's gone from strength to strength. So what are your thoughts on Michael Keane? Because I spoke to some Evertonians and I think you might have said it on the show we've just done on your channel. Everybody go and check it out, Toffee Blues, um, that he has a mistake in him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he does. That's... I suppose that's the main concern with Everton fans, really. He's not an awful defender by no means. You saw him at Burnley, he was a solid defender, and he's had some good games for Everton. Under Carlo Ancelotti, he was an absolute rock during lockdown. So I think he can do that standard defensive work pretty well. He can head the ball away, he can deal with crosses. So he's great for to playing against those teams who are delivering balls into the box and are really physical, because he is that physical defender who can get blocks in, win headers, but... It's just that worry with him that he could perhaps concede a penalty or he could lead, he could make an error that leads to a goal. He has got that in him. And I think he's a massive confidence player. And I don't think he is an awful footballer. I think he gets a lot of criticism. But, you yeah. know, he's going through a tough time at the minute, I think, in his form. He's really struggling. So hopefully that spell at the team that he's had to come back in, he can be a bit re-energised by Everton being better as well. And maybe he'll just have a bit more of a comfortable performance slotting back in amongst confident players, I suppose. Because... That's the biggest thing we've noticed. He is a confidence player and it's either going to be him or Ben Godfrey, I think, at centre-back. And Dyche has been talking very highly of Ben Godfrey in press conferences recently. He's actually been linked with a move to Tottenham, which was quite surprising in itself. But I imagine he'll go with Keane because he really likes Keane, like you say. He was playing Keane ahead of Bramfoyt at the start of the season and people were calling on Bramfoyt to finally start. And once he did, there was no looking back. There was no way Bramfoyt was going to lose his place. So it's up to Keane now. He's got his opportunity to go and deliver a performance to show that when called upon, he can deliver for us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's interesting that that's kind of the way that Daesh discovered Branthwaite. The fact that, you know, someone was, he was, he was starting someone ahead of him. And that person got so terrible that he had to drop him and put Branthwaite in. It's kind of a similar way to how he discovered McNeil. Obviously, you'll know McNeil very well. We'll get onto that in a second. But we had so many injuries that year that it was like, fine, all right, I'll start this youth player. And this youth player come on. It's like, oh, he's actually quite good, this guy. So he kind of kept his, uh, his place in the team after that. Um, 
let's get on to obviously the, the other players you've mentioned Tarky there obviously the other players that, w- that we all know about you've mentioned Tarky there um, obviously Burnley fans love him we're disappointed to see him leave but everyone was like yeah fair enough he's earned the right to, to go to a club like Everton so nobody in Burnley surprised at how well he's doing but what's your thoughts on Tarky? We absolutely love him. Probably one of the best free transfers I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, he come in at, he come in at a time where we're like, right, he's a leader, he's a solid defender, and he'll be there for maybe two or three years, but it looks like he could do it for longer. I don't think there's any signs that he's letting up just yet. I feel like there's a couple of years left in him for sure. And he is that guy that marshals our defence. He's the one talking at every corner, every set piece. He is the captain on the field now, I'd say. Seamus Coleman's club captain and we don't know how many years Coleman's got left, maybe one or yeah. two, but obviously Tarkovsky is that leader on the pitch who plays the most and he's massive for us. For Jared Brownfoy to have a player like that next to him must be so comforting because James Tarkovsky is no nonsense at all and he's actually very good on the ball as well. You guys will know that. It's not, I think it's something that isn't really talked about. When he does get it, he can ping one, which is really useful as well when you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but He's massive for us on set pieces in an attacking sense as well. He's always the one that we aim the ball at. You'll be able to see if we get a corner or a free kick, it seems like they always try and ping it to Tarkovsky who will then knock it on for someone else. And he's usually the man before the goal from a set piece. Hopefully he can get one himself because I'm sure he'd love that against Burnley. But um, he's a great player and a free transfer that I don't think many have been better than in my time. No, I'd agree with that. But, you know, he's already got a goal against us. So, Tarky, if you're watching... Definitely won't be. Um, but don't be greedy uh, and you don't need to get another one. Um, McNeil as well. That McNeil's a bit of a weird one because I always, it was saying that when he was at Burner, like some fans couldn't stand him. Some fans absolutely loved him. And I feel like at the start of this season with Everton fans, I did see a lot of, mainly last season, if I'm being honest, not so much this season, a lot of negative stuff towards him. A little bit at the start of this season, mainly due to the fact that, in my opinion, he just sometimes can look disinterested because just his um, his body language sometimes. I think that was the most frustrating thing with him at Burnley. But he's been class in the last few games, hasn't he? I don't think even the... The Evertonians that just love slagging him off for whatever reason can say anything about him now. He's obviously got a couple of goals. I think he scored at Forest, um, scored against Chelsea as well, did he? Uh, scored against Newcastle, sorry. Newcastle, um, yeah. yeah, so he's obviously doing very well. And obviously, I'm sure, again, you'll be delighted with his form at the minute. Yeah, he's he's been on a real journey at Everton, I think. When he came in, you were kind of looking, thinking, has he really settled yet? Don't think it yeah. worked for him on the Frank Lampard at all. And... When Deitch came in, I spoke to a couple of Burnley fans actually, and it seems like he didn't actually love playing for Deitch really, and it was it wasn't always perfect there. So I was thinking, oh, is he going to settle in all right under Deitch? Is it a good thing that he's there? And I think it's worked out as a good thing. Someone who knows yeah. him, someone who obviously brought him through, gave him that chance. So someone who obviously has a bit of faith in him, and he's he had a bit of a lull this season where him and Harrison were not delivering much in an attacking sense, but just doing all the defensive work. And maybe in the last three weeks, I'd say, he's just hit form again. Hit form similar to what he did last season, which ended up keeping us up. He's just, he works extremely hard, which we never see this body language issue at all. He literally gives everything for Everton. And when he gets into the box now, he's starting to show that bit more quality. And you can see with him, when he's on good form, that left foot is a wand and he will just take shots where he perhaps wouldn't. And when he's not on form, he obviously won't try them as much. And against Man United, he pretty much missed an open goal from like a goal mouth scramble. And if he had a bit more confidence, he wouldn't have thought about his shot as much. 
like he didn't against Nottingham Forest, where he just arrowed it into the top right. That's the Dwight McNeil that we want to see. And his left foot is a massive threat for us because he can just pull a shot like that out of the bag. And against Newcastle, that led to the, the flurry of three goals that got us that win. And he's really good at, obviously, trying to win the ball back high up as well. Him and Harrison are massive at that. And I think he, he's obviously a very good technical player, a player that doesn't really get appreciated for that. And he's actually quite young as well. There's still room to improve for him. So I'd I'd say it's safe to say that all Evertonians really like Dwight McNeil now. And it's another Burnley player that you've delivered for us. So thanks for that, guys. Well, uh, at least you paid for that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, unlike Tarka. But um, yeah, it's bizarre with, with Dwight because that, uh, that was the main criticism with him at Burnley. What was the body language thing? If the game wasn't going well, he just didn't look interested. But I... I I don't think he was disinterested. I just think it's because he was young. Sometimes you put your hands on your hips. But he's he's, he's at an age now where he's 24. He's only going to get better still. But I think he's starting to mature a bit. And I think you're seeing now, you're seeing the best of Dwight McNeil, the the side of Dwight McNeil that we only saw in flashes. I think you're seeing it now at a a prolonged period. Just looking at his stats, actually. In 134 games for Burnley, he scored seven goals. He's played 49 times for Everton and scored nine goals. So he's obviously already scored more for Everton than he ever did for Burnley. Um, But I do think that helps that obviously Everton aren't as defensive. But I just want to go back to the point you made about um, Dyche and McNeil there. Completely agree. When Dyche went, I was like, that's McNeil done at Everton because they just didn't seem to work out. Like He didn't seem to fit in a Dyche system. But now he is one of your main threats in a Dyche system. I do find that um, a little bit bizarre. Um, I do just want to quickly ask you though because we have struggled to get at teams this year I think you said earlier um, again on your show I've mentioned it a few times now um, that you know we've only scored 16 goals this season and one of the things I say a lot on the podcast is we are spineless at the back and toothless up front but actually all right in the middle we have started getting better at the back um, but the goals other than the Sheffield United game haven't really been free-flowing so how can we get at you uh, bearing in mind some of the players that will be missing how can we get at you and, and cause you some problems on Saturday? I think using your pace, obviously, you've got these young players like Wilson Otterbury we talked about before, maybe Mike Trezor as well. If he plays, he said he might, may or may not start. These young players, you've just got to get them through to break the lines and get past us that way because if you build up slowly and allow us to get set, that yeah. that organisation is going to be massively key to us. And I think you're not going to break it down if you're just trying to slowly build up. And I think that's how Everton want you to play. Everton want you to just keep the ball happy days for us we can sit in our positions and you know not really let anything get through but if you give us a lot more to think about in the sense of like playing balls you know through through the lines and really testing the pace of James Tarkovsky Michael Keane I think that's where you get joy you're not going to get joy crossing it into the box these two are going to head everything away James Tarkovsky does it every week and Michael Keane does it when he plays so I don't think that's the route to try and beat us we were actually saying before I don't want to jinx anybody, but it almost looks like the perfect opposition for Everton to play. It will not pan out like that because no Evertonian would be able to say that it's definitely going to go like that because usually when it's the perfect opposition for Everton, then something else happens. There's always a story with Everton. It's always interesting, but I think that that it does seem like the way you play could suit us a bit. I think you're getting joy from the balls coming through, though. If you go play through the middle and use that pace of them young players, that's how you're going to beat us. It's interesting because we, we don't tend to cross it. Like We, we do tend to um, play through the middle. Um, but you mentioned there, like trying to play out from the back, trying to slowly build up. That's exactly what we do. And I felt like 
going back to the Goodison game, obviously it's the best example of the two styles. That's pretty much where we came undone. Like we, we got undone by crosses and we got undone by a counter-attacking goal for the last one because we were pushing, if I remember rightly, I've kind of like wiped it from my mind. Uh, but there was a lot of slow build-up to the point where we'd get forward and then you'd be two sets so we'd have nothing to do. So we'd either put a aimless crossing and obviously Tarky just mop it up or we just have nothing to do and pass back. So that was another example of us of us being spineless up front. Uh, sorry, toothless up front. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we do it. Um, how do you think Everton are going to set up then? Are, are you expecting, I think we mentioned some of the players already, but in terms of style, are you expecting to, to, to carry on in a similar vein? I think it was stupid not to, because like you say, I, I, I agree. I, think, I feel like your strengths which are corners, set pieces and crosses are our weak points. So everything that you've done all season, I think you're pretty much going to carry on doing in this game. Is that fair? There is a conundrum, to be fair. I'd say because it's Burnley who are struggling, there'll be Everton fans that are clamouring for us to really take the games here. But I think Dyche will kind of keep a bit of a reserved head in that sense and maybe try and play as if we were, like we were playing against teams who have a bit more quality than Burnley and stick to what works. I think that away from home, we have tended to sit back and counter obviously and the bit the big difference is when we're playing someone who we feel like we might have the quality over we've got to step on them Sean Dyche says this a lot in his press conferences in the away games where we've had a bit more about us he said we stepped onto the opponent and we actually gave them something to think about and that's what we need to do against Burnley we can't just sit back and retreat like we did against perhaps Brighton for example at home against the bigger yeah. teams We've got to have a bit about us when we get the ball. We've got to use it well and believe that we can create chances because it would be a waste of a game if we just sat back against Burnley because we know that works and didn't test your defence because it's quite clear that you do leak goals. So we need to still have a positive approach, but we have to get that balance right. And the balance is obviously the hardest thing to get. But I still think that the general performance will be based around sitting and hitting you quickly, but it just might be a bit more positive than it is against the other teams. Yeah, not to give you any ideas, um, but if you press us high, we will make a mistake. So uh, it, it, there we you go. Wouldn't that's need that to stepping step on that I talk about. That's exactly. That's so you need to step right onto now. us. Exactly. So if you step onto us, force us, you, we will make a mistake. It's, it's just a given. We have got better recently with that, but we still messed up against Wolves uh, when they put us under a bit of pressure. They messed up as well, but the chance fell, uh, fell to Jay Rodriguez and, uh, and he failed to put it in the back of the net because we are toothless up front. Hopefully, I have just noticed that Lyle Foster's been called up to the, the, the South African squad um, for the um, AFCON, so that tells me that he is nearly ready, or if may, may potentially ready. Um, I haven't watched Vincent Company's press conference, so apologies if you're listening to this after Vincent Company's press conference, which obviously will be because it's over now. Um, and, and I've missed some big news. I haven't mentioned that Lyle's back, for example. Uh, but the fact that he has been called up to the uh, Bafana Bafana squad for the AFCON in January is annoying and positive at the same time because it shows that he's getting better. But now we're losing for another month after losing him for a month. Um but Ellis, we'll start wrapping it up there. But obviously, before I do, let's get your prediction in, please. Right. I'll start by saying I really hope Lyle Foster gets better soon and hopefully he can be back in that Burnley team. And if he's scoring goals, I'm sure that'll help him really get through it. Yeah. And it's a good start to see that he's been called up to the South Africa team as well. But prediction-wise, I'm going to back us, but I'm nowhere near as confident as you probably are that we're going to lose, that we're going to win, sorry. Um, because I think there's always that inner doubt that you think, can you really make it four wins in a row? That would just be madness for us. But I said this against Chelsea. I was like, if we beat Chelsea and get three wins in a week, that's just hard to believe. And we did. 
So I'm going to back us again. I'm going to go with 2-1. I think there may be a little mistake in that defence just because it's been disrupted and it's not the usual setup. But I think we'll have enough and we'll probably score from a set piece. Yeah, fair enough. I pretty much agree. I'm, go- I'm going to copy the scoreline as well, um, unfortunately. I, I don't, I'm going to say I don't predict us to lose too much. Um, but I do, depending. I, I don't predict us to lose too much against teams outside the top six, especially at home. But as I've said earlier, I feel like your um, strengths are our main weaknesses. So I feel like you'll expose us just like you did at Goodison in the cup. Um, so, yeah. I, I'm going to go to one. Um, I think we can get at you. I think we can get a goal uh, due to the injuries. Um, I, th- I think the first goal in this game is massive. If we get the first goal, we could potentially win the game or get a point like we did against Brighton. But I feel like if you say if you score on the 20th minute, it'll probably finish 1-0 or 2-0 to Leverton because I just can't see us breaking you down because A, you're very good at the back and B, when the onus is on us to take the game to teams, we've shown in games like second halves, like the second half against Manchester United, the second half against Wolves. It just we just haven't shown up. We just haven't been good enough. Um, so I'm at the the stage now where I'm thinking teams will, will, will beat us, especially if they go one in front. But Ellis, thank you very much for coming on the show. You just want to let everyone know where they can find you and your content before we do wrap it up. Yeah, no worries, mate. So it's the Toppy Blues for the opposition view, which Joe is on, of course, and then my podcast as well, Game of Two Halves. That's Two Halves LSR on Twitter. So check that out as well. Yeah, definitely check them out. And of course, my show on your podcast, I presume will be up by the time everybody's watching this. I'm probably going to release this um, tonight at six, I think, on the YouTube and then again in the morning uh, for all the morning commuters. But Ellis, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Always good to have you on. I do normally mix it up with opposition fans. Well, I've already had him on this once this season, but I'll get somebody else on. But I did want to see your thoughts how they changed from earlier with regards to Dice, because even though you were not indifferent or negative about Dice, there was a lot of Everton fans that were, and I felt you were quite level-headed about it. But I did want to get your opinion on him, on him still, and 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 how how he's progressed. But yeah, thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's been a pleasure. Good luck for the season, but after Saturday, it's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.